We'll, we'll, make, we'll make it bigger before we start, shall yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, let's, let's yeah. Top it up. Let's, this is, let's get a proper It's been a while injury. since we've, we've all got together. I've had two days off, so yeah. that's a lot for you me. You deserve it. All right, here we go. The wine is poured. The wine. I'll put this on mute. And cheers as well. Cheers. Yeah. To the FEB reunion. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> This is episode number 52 of The Full English Breakfast. I'm Macaulay Peterson. This show is a little different than the ones we released last year. Simon and Lawrence and I actually got together in person a couple of weeks ago in the Chess Bay studio in Hamburg. The conversation ended up being quite long and a bit rambling, more or less uneditable. So after some mulling around, I decided to release it more or less as is. I think the conversation was interesting enough. The audio quality is not quite up to snuff. We talk over each other a fair amount. Since we recorded the episode, there's one big piece of news that has a strong bearing on the content, which is that Nigel Short has declared his candidacy for president of FIDE. But we didn't know that at the time that we had our conversation. I hope you'll enjoy it. And as always, thanks very much for listening. We are in the Chess Bay studio in Hamburg. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> in person yeah first time ever no the first time ever for the three for of us for, for, for the, the three of us yeah, maybe. we did yeah. one podcast. with Stevie yeah that's right Simon's, so it's historic it's historic yeah. historic historic day for the FEB for the FEB <laughs> so what's been going on with the FEB then not much actually we've all been yeah. doing our own things we've been we've, busy yeah we've all been busy but yeah. there are still some staunch supporters out there Sending me messages and you messages from time to time saying the odd tweet. Where where is it? We miss it. Get yeah. rid of that ginger one. No, yeah. <laughs> quite the opposite. And well, we've all uh, spent varying amounts of time here at Chess Base, me more than you guys, but um, that's how we we happen to be recording from here today. Sai, you've got a new DVD in the works. A couple actually, yeah, yeah. So uh, just finished doing the second one, the Tory. Great opening. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> and the collie, the collie, the Tory, the Mori. What next? Yeah. Anything that rhymes. Anything, anything, anything that rhymes. Anything, you know. So Simon has basically got a, a monopoly on club level one d four openings. You're trying he, to say this politely. <laughs> <laughs> no, so to be, if you want to be fair, if you want to revolutionise your fair, crappy openings, yeah, then, uh, yeah. on the man to come to. No, I mean <laughs> to be fair, the London system is an all-time bestseller for a good reason. It's a bloody good opening, and everybody's playing it. And now I the expect... The DVD's all right as well. The DVD's not bad, and now <laughs> I expect everybody to follow suit, mixing it up with a bit of Torre and a bit of Collie in there. I have to say, opening-wise, I mean, I didn't have a lot of respect for even them before I started filming, yeah. but they're all kind of brothers, yeah, yeah. opening, so they all kind yeah, of fit yeah. in. You know, yeah, they yeah. Sort of, you know, you play these weird little moves and... Annoy your opponent, basically. So uh, it's so it's, annoying playing against these. Systems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they've got they've got a little bite to them. So, yeah, yeah. I bet. Anyway, that's what I've been up to. But yeah. you've been doing big things, Loz. No, I haven't. You've been commentating on the, commentating the candidates. Commentating on the candidates. Are you like, going to be doing the world champs commentating? Can we get some inside information? Unclear. 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 Not even not even a discussion has been held about that. Okay. To be honest. You and Judith again? I think loads of people Unclear. loved you and Judith. I really enjoyed working with Judith. I think she's brilliant, and I think uh, I think we've got a real chemistry. 
but obviously certain fundamental things have to be fixed before the next gig. So, what do you mean by that? Then? Well, I mean, the whole package really needs to be a lot more refined, I think, before before I can commit to that again. Do you think Aegon did a good job at the candidates? I think so. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not doing this deliberately to sit on the fence, but there's a lot of things like people just lay into Aegon, and to a certain extent, with you know some valid points, but there are a lot of things that went on there that they did extremely well that are completely overlooked. Um, I think they've got some great ideas actually. I just think that I like I like their idea of uh, showing the players the commentary room during the game. Yeah, that was a bit <laughs> of a fun part. No, no, but I mean <laughs> that that's the sort of thing. Right. Clearly, there's a lot of stuff. There were a lot of ah, it's easy. Mistake. There were a lot of screw ups. That's obvious. Yeah, and those are the things that need to be resolved. But there are some other things that they do have some ideas that are valid, and so it's not all doom and gloom. It was a it was it was great being there. Amazing tournament. Amazing tournament. Best tournament I can remember in ages. So much drama. So we're here in this, the second week of April. And, uh, yeah, we've, we've had the candidates, Fabio, Fabiano Caruana, uh, winning and then immediately going and winning Greca Chess Classic. Yeah. So we got that on the agenda to talk about. And then we're also going to talk about this uh, new FIDE bombshell release of previously undisclosed minutes from the presidential board meetings. Yeah, I mean, it's quite spectacular. But, uh, well, you're in kind of a unique situation, Lawrence, having been Fabiano's manager and then doing the commentary, you had a front row seat of every round. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, how does it compare, for would you say, drama-wise to 2013? Where you It's up there. It's, I, I made lots of comparisons. It might even pip 2013 because 2013 really got dramatic towards the final few rounds, I would say. Uh, but this tournament had just amazing drama every single round. There was not one day where it was completely quiet. There was always something going on. Um, Blow-ups and, you know, you know, great play and... Every round we were treated to spectacular games. And actually, Fabi deserved to win it. I mean, he deserved to win it by the full point as well. He was the most stable. He was the one who took his chances. And even when he lost against Kayakin, he came back so incredibly strong. Um, that What can you say except that he fully deserves it? But it was an amazing tournament, I have to say. The, the games, some of the... I mean, even Kramnik's games alone, you could put in a book... A two hundred page book full of analysis. It was it was it was that kind of tournament. It was really thanks to him as well that the tournament was like that. And everything could have been so different had he beaten Fabi in that fourth round from that winning position with White. He played amazing, didn't he? Played an amazing game. He was losing, then he was winning, and then he lost in the end. Yeah. But had he actually won that position, he would have been on three and a half out of four. And yeah, he probably would have knitted up after that and just thought, actually, you know what, I don't have to go mental. I'm just going to draw a few games. But What do you think Fabiano's chances against Magnus are? I think uh, he's still underdog because I just think anybody's underdog against Magnus. But I think he is as close to a 50-50 shot 
as anybody could ever be against Magnus. I think I he's... would probably go like 60 40, 55 45 if I'm pushing it, but 60 40. Ooh, 60 40, I might take, mate, to be honest. Um, I might take the other side. Well, I'm going to take Fabi's side. Oh, yeah, okay. I think that's way too much. 60% in favour of Magnus. I don't think 40. it's. No. Maybe 55 40. Well, 55 45 might be that, more. That's. That's a real... Anyone can win, basically, then. I think anybody, because he doesn't fear Magnus. He's in great form. He's got a bunch of confidence. He has a good record against Magnus. He has a great record against Magnus. Look what he just did in Grenka. Yeah. Yeah, he just outscored him easily. Um, So what? show me why he should be such a big underdog. I don't think he should. He's got fantastic opening preparation. He's got a great team. And uh, I expect a really, really, really close match. Well, on on the parallels to 2013, I think the big difference there was that Magnus was so far out in front at that point, was yeah. so much sort of the expected yeah. anointed one, yeah. that and was leading for much of the way. Yeah. That yeah, it, when it came down to the last round, when he was you know in danger of being caught, and then actually was caught. Yeah. And if we remember that that tournament ended in a tie. Yeah. And was decided on the mathematical tiebreak. That's right. Yeah. Um, in a very strange way that uh, that both Magnus and, and Kramnik lost in the last round. Yeah, um, it was quite an incredible last round. Um, so by contrast here, yeah, I mean, Kramnik got off to such a good start that people were already talking about him, you know, being the, the, the challenger, which, I, which at the time I remember thinking, these guys must be a little bit uh, premature here. What is going yeah, on? Yeah, there's another 10 rounds, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about him after round three. He's on two and a half out of three. Oh, I, yeah. think, I think his game in round three, the, the Rook G8 stuff oh, against uh, Gorgeous. I think people got very excited after Well, that I game got very excited. That was a beautiful game. Incredible game. Um, and you can understand people getting carried away after he destroyed Aronian. Well, but what about Aronian? I mean, do you have a well, chance yeah. to speak to him? At no, all no, or, I didn't, I didn't uh, speak to Levon. But poor Aronian. We, you know, I, look, I, I I said this to a lot of people, and this is going to sound very controversial. I think his chances ended on the first move of the first game. And what I mean by that is the president of Armenia came and played that first move. Right. And Too much pressure. pressure on his shoulders. This isn't just some guy from your local federation who might be making the move. This is the guy who's head of your country, head of the Chess Federation, all the expectancy for years and years and years. This is your time. This is your time. I just don't think he can deal with the pressure. And until that expectation on him is lifted, I don't think he'll ever do it. And his tournament was truly woeful. Some of the moments, the moment, especially against Grishchuk, not taking this bishop on c8, it's still inexplicable to me. And he was just out of sorts. And... He's gonna he's gonna be in real danger that he doesn't qualify for the next one as well. He, you know he's gonna have to really put in some work. Um, I spoke with Judith during the commentary a lot about mindset coaching. I think that's a huge area, and I think he is a prime suspect, and he needs to do a lot of that. I think a lot of a lot of players need to do it, but I think he needs it. Otherwise, he's just never gonna overcome this. He's been in what five six candidates now. Yeah. Maybe even more. Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, he needs to do an Anand or a Kramnik and come bouncing back maybe now. But he needs to you work know. on it. He can't just come back chess-wise. Mm. It's a psychological you know, thing. One f- I know you've talked about it before. One yeah. thing um, I don't think I mentioned, but recently I've um, been getting some hip- hypnot- uh, hypnotist sessions from some guy, Have a sports you? guy. He's pr- uh, training to be a sports hypnotist, basically. And uh, it's very interesting... Game? For chess, sorry, for chess, yeah. Yeah, for chess. So he, Not for smoking. Not for smoking, of course. No, 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 no. Ch- 
You can get him a slogan. Well, I enjoy the odd cigarette. You enjoy the but um, and it's very, well, it's it's been very working. Yeah. I think. I think uh, I think it's been working. Yeah. It seems your rating's working. going up. So. My rating's going the right way. Um, yeah. It's helpful. It relaxes me. Puts me in a good mood. Mm. And um, even even tells you these little things you do during the game, um, which is very helpful actually. So mm. yeah, it definitely helps. It's a major thing which people yeah, don't, don't um, explore a, enough of. I think there's uh, a huge think, market. So, but I think you're right, Veronian. There's a huge market. I think there is. I think there is. Yeah. So it's unexplored anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, so Hit us. in uh, in Berlin, then you had Caruana leading. Yeah, and uh, he led for the whole tournament. A good long much, way. Yeah, yeah, pretty much from round four. And then, kind of like the ghost of candidates past. Yeah, he plays Karyakin. Yeah, who uh, I suppose after these two uh, candidates, uh, you know, you could almost start to be speaking of him as a kind of a nemesis figure for he Fabi. Is a bit. He's he beats a very him and takes the lead. Yeah, I mean, it was an amazing game as well because he played this exchange sacrifice, which was absolutely sound. And I remember with Judith, we were looking at the game and thinking, my goodness, as soon as he made that exchange sack, I was convinced he was going to win. It was just so unpleasant for Fabi to play. And Rustam, you know, when I spoke to Rustam after the tournament, when he's all smiles, he thought that was it. He thought once Fabi loses that game, it could all just go horribly wrong. But as I said, live on on uh, on air, that was the best possible moment for Fabiano to lose just before the rest day. So after three knackering games, he could then get back on the horse and how he did, he won his final two games to win that tournament. Well, this is interesting because usually people say that the worst day to lose is the going into the rest day. Yeah. Because then it's like festering. You know, it's better just get back at the board right yeah. away. But I think on this particular occasion, after three games... Um, he needed that to to relax and to to you know go see he, a movie, go see a movie, whatever he did, and I actually think it came at the best time for him. So I think it's also diff, you know, because he was leading the tournament. I think that that played a big part. So yeah, kayaking, you know, everybody wrote him off. Everybody wrote him off. He was minus two at some point, nowhere near the field. Then he just put together this amazing run. Five out of six he got at some point mm. in the middle part of the tournament. Amazing run. I, we, we, you know, going into the last round, we really didn't know what was going to happen. And Mamajarov as well. We got to say a lot about him. I don't think he quite did enough to win it. Obviously, right. I think I think he won a couple of. I like. I think he was just overly conservative in a lot of games. I think he was just. He didn't. He wasn't true to himself. He's a, he's a he's a he's a marvelous attacking, you know, player. And I think he just took too many quick draws, too many easy draws in some games where I think he could have pressed a bit more. And he rested on his laurels and was hoping for Grishchuk to do something. You know, once you leave it to the last round, you're in. You know. You, mm-hmm. You're never going to... Well, of course, this change in style is partly how he got to the world number two, though. True. I mean, look, he, he's had a phenomenal year, but that's not to say you have to knit it up for every game over 14 games. I think he, there were moments he could have taken risks and, you know, to define his tournament. And I think, as Wesley so said, this is a tournament where basically second place means nothing and you have to risk it at some point. You just have to risk it. And he, I don't think he took enough risks. And talking about Wesley So, I mean, that was a bit of a a wake-up call for Wesley as well, this tournament. Am I right in thinking that he's the only player there that doesn't have a second? Because I say yeah. that, 
and uh, I know obviously his mum, who, who's a non-chess player, yeah. or stepmum, comes along. But uh, I think he actually asked, but inside information, Gary O'Grady, whether he had come with him to the candidates. As, Gary O'Grady? Yeah, because he gets on well with Gary. Okay. And he wanted someone who he's comfortable with. Okay. I think he's tried working with his famous trainer. Yeah. I can't remember the trainer's Took name. Markov. Took Markov. Yeah, yeah, but he, he didn't get on particularly brilliantly with him. Well, they did for a while. At some point, uh, they started to kind of have a clash of, of personalities and, yeah. and ended up ending their contract a couple months early. Well, or ending working together a couple months early. Yeah. Just They had a contract for one year. But I guess it's so important in something like this, you've got a team behind you, I'd have thought, uh, to help you out with the work. I mean, it's just, no just to help question. you out with the work, nothing no else. No question which, um, at all. I mean, Fabiano seems extremely happy uh, with his small team. Um, yeah. I think it's important to have that backing. But Wesley, yeah, he, he folded quite early, I think. And he'd never really I think shined, he was, yeah, he was, he was never even close, was he? He was, no, he was the guy, you know, along with Aronian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's also the youngest one. I mean, uh, how, I wonder what the record is historically on uh, people winning their first time out at the candidates. I, I have no idea. Apart from head, Magnus, uh, I'm not really sure. But no. uh, Bobby. maybe Bobby, yeah, Bobby, Bobby probably, probably, yeah. So. But yeah, Wesley got a lot to learn. Ding uh, was he can be proud, you know. Didn't lose a game. Impressive. Very impressive. Very impressive. He'll impressive. be there next time, yeah. no question. Yeah, yeah. He'll be twenty eight hundred as well. He needs yeah. to just as well put a, put a few. He's so resilient in defence. Oh my God, yeah. such a good defender. Sort me out. More wine. More wine. So yeah, but it'll be an, it'll be an interesting match. Uh, let's just hope that uh, they get the rewards and the spoils that they, they do deserve. You, do you think it will be? I mean, there's been some rumours. Yeah. That'll be in America. It's due to yeah. be in London. Yeah, yeah. Which I think we're going to come to yeah. soon. And you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say there have been rumours. There's been speculation. Yeah. That you know there could be some action behind the scenes, but I I don't know that there actually is any. The St. Louis Chess Club came out with a fairly anodyne statement about how, well, you know, they might be interested, but they haven't made an offer and they haven't been approached or something along those lines. I mean, I personally think, obviously, you know, I live very near London and it'd be great to see the match and I'm very excited about it, but to have it in America at St. Louis would be surely fantastic for chess. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like, you know, even I'm selfishly looking forward to going to the matches, I'd kind of rather it be in St. Louis. I think it'd be a better... Opportunity, but obviously it's too late to change things now. I guess. But well, is it though? Is I mean, it, the, it's not. <laughs> the venue no. for uh, 2016 in New York wasn't announced until the middle of the summer. Yeah, exactly. And so. the, I mean, you can imagine that London, as a city, might be more have been more appealing if there was a Russian qualifier, a Russian challenger. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and you know, given that they haven't announced a venue yet, or or even probably have one at this point. Uh, then, yeah, it's not completely inconceivable. Before we get to, to FIDE and, and this, uh, this interesting notes, I just want to briefly talk about, about Grenka also, because uh, this came on right on the heels of the candidates who had both Aronian and Caruana playing, which uh, you can imagine that they, you know, never would, would normal, under normal circumstances agree to playing a tournament right after the candidates. Right. Um, obviously, it's a lot worse for Lev, um, then for for Fabi, who's basically just achieved a major milestone in his career, and could play more or less without pressure, and that that seemed to show in the tournament. But still, very impressive uh, compared to all the other players who were coming in fresh. Yeah, amazing. Uh, just shows his stamina, 
how much work he's done on his fitness and um and you know his general work ethic has shown to to be superior and he got a bit lucky against magnus in round one he should have lost that game uh but apart from that he wasn't really in any serious danger had some great little games there and uh you know fully deserved to win that event as well and i remember seeing half of it live because i was playing in the open section and just very very impressive did you walk up to the front of the stage give a little wave yeah no i i, I saved the waving no we i went to dinner with fabi a lot went to lunch a lot hung out a lot which you know we're still on great terms which is which is nice played some avalon no i didn't play any avalon they wanted to play avalon one night i just can't be bothered to play avalon they were playing some bug house and all of that but no i just uh you know i i was just very very inspired really by his games wish i could play like him even near to him sometimes would be nice you know he's pretty good he's a pretty good player yeah. you know so I've given up, mate. I've given up. I think oh. we've heard this before. Yeah, it's about time anyway, so, you know. The British will be yeah. the last one, I think. The British, yeah. Are you British. playing the British? Oh, I'll probably do the British, yeah. yeah. yeah I think so. I haven't heard give, give it a while, so, yeah. Yeah. We've had this conversation. Yeah, we've before had this well. before. This was the last <laughs> so. time we had the conversation with the yeah. British. Simon just played in Jersey. Played oh. pretty well. I just dropped 30 rating points. In 30? 3-0? 30 in Hofheim. Yeah. Um, which ain't gonna what happened to them? well when you play two games a day and you're knackered you just blunder pieces so I blundered pieces blundered mates blundered just blundered everything very very easily against 2250 kids who were underrated and yeah. did 7 or 8 rating points a time not really much more to say than that finished on 5 out of 9 in an open tournament against an average rating of about 2150 so um, you know, it could have, could have, could have gone better. But uh, I learned my lesson. I thought I could do back-to-back tournaments, two games a day, two games a day for one tournament is enough. I was knackered after Grenka, but I just thought I really fancy playing, and I learned my lesson the hard way. I just can't do it. I just do not have the stamina to to play ten games in, uh, sorry, eighteen games in nine days. I just can't do it. No, less too old. old. Too old. Yeah. Um, Two games a day is just brutal for me, so I'll be sticking f- to to one game a day. Maybe you should train somewhere like you know, go to Bumratty, yeah, arrange a Bumratty training like camp. That sounds like so you have two weeks. Yeah, you have to do three games a day. Yeah, you have to drink three ten Guinnesses, ten every Guinnesses day. a day. Yeah, only sleep for two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by the end of it, you'll yeah. be like, I'll be happy. To, I'll be happy to do that. So, the good good yeah. thing about Bumratty is, of course, you don't lose any FIDE rating. Which is there for <laughs> which, a reason, which is good, <laughs> definitely. Mm. Just yeah, you know, I, I went to Bunratty for the first time for oh. a couple of days okay. just to hang out. And, uh, well, there was the Sunday morning round. You were playing Gawain. <laughs> it's uh, always nice to play Gawain on a Sunday morning at Bunratty. And they give you, what, about a 30-minute grace period? Yeah. 30-minute default period, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it was around about 20 minutes had elapsed and no sign of Simon. No sign of Simon. No. And, I, of course, I was there to cover the tournament. I was writing about it, you know. Yeah. And uh, I actually found myself in a, a little bit of, a, of a, a paradox, a little bit of a journalistic bind, 
because uh, on the one hand, of course, my first instinct is, well, I should try to call Simon. Maybe he's still asleep. Maybe I yeah. can help wake him up. But on the other hand, you know, then I'm interfering in the in the natural development of the tournament. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's Did you turn rules up? against that sometimes. I got a phone call from um, a friend of mine, uh, two, I think about five minutes for default. Didn't know where I was. You were upstairs. <laughs> I was. Came down. I was, made a move. Probably went to bed about half an hour ago. <laughs> Pile of sick next to me or something. Oh and, uh, no! Well, maybe not that bad. That's no, a run down. Exaggerate. Yeah, no, it wasn't that bad. But I run down and I was feeling a bit rough. But you I, looked pretty fresh. It looked like it happened in the shower and. Uh, no, no time for a shower. Oh, okay. No. No. Did you win? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a decent game, but it was a really <laughs> hilarious story I heard from Bumratti on the same thing, and it was. Uh, to do with Gary O'Grady, who's the main sponsor for his Blackthorn Transport. And he was playing one day, I think it was Sunday morning again, and um, he basically, the, the organisers, he told the organiser the day before, can you wake me up if I'm not awake? And 20 minutes went by, and he's not there. So, um, they, you know, the main organiser goes, well, I can't, you know, Jerry, I can't ring him because I'm the arbiter. So... Uh, he gets his mate and he goes, look, uh, you know, can you, you, if you ring him, it's kind of okay. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, so his mate goes and, you know, rings him. He gives him a ring two minutes for the game. And Gary's sitting at the board. He's just made it there and his phone goes off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the arbiter telling yeah, me. And he got defaulted. Friend, and he got defaulted. That's such a classic he, story. He ran out of bed. He didn't have time to put his phone That's out. That's hilarious. And it was Yarb to tell him to get the board on one of Yarb's friend. And he got defaulted. Brilliant. Um, by, yeah, so it kind of went around in circles. That <laughs> one. But, uh, <laughs> well, I was glad that you turned up. And I, I had gotten as far yeah. as making inquiries that somebody was probably calling you. So, uh, that's, yeah, that's it's very friendly. Guilt. Great tournament, Bunratty. <laughs> I, I highly you know. recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this was a big anniversary, too. It was. It was 25 years, is that right? I think something like that. Yeah, so, I couldn't make it yeah. this year, but yeah. uh, I, I did promise Jerry, Jerry Graham. Top of the morning. He, he likes that when I say that to him every day. He says, you're getting worse and worse. I did promise I'll try and play next year, so really nice tournament. They produced a really nice tournament book that chronicled uh, every year. Wow. The tournament. It actually had the story that you mentioned about uh, Oh, Gary. I had that story, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Great story. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It's a good event, that one. Tournaments in Ireland are always fun. Yeah. If you compare them to tournaments in England, a weekender in England is like three days in a school with yes. miserable people yeah. and the nearest, you know, you get a cup of coffee yeah. and like... For two pounds. Two yeah. pounds yeah. and then like, you know, and then you're playing a some... A cup of cold coffee for two pounds. Playing some junior yeah. and like, you know, it's normally, yeah, it's just a, normally in a school and stuff. So, yeah. Irish tournaments are much better. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, yeah, this week we had some some news in the uh, the FIDE politics front. The first was that uh, Macropolis has decided to run for president, yeah. which was no huge surprise. Although actually, this connects with Bunratty because uh, I only discovered on Sunday uh, when I was going to see if I could have a friendly chat with uh, with our friend Malcolm Payne that he had left and he had left on a on a top secret mission somewhere involved with uh, FIDE politics, mm. which I didn't get the details of. But um, it, the, the rumor was, uh, yeah, after that going around that uh, there was going to be some announcement about a, a new candidate for the election for president, but uh, never materialized, never worked out. No, it fell through, I think. So now we've got Macropolis running against his former partner in a, now a a hot war instead of a cold war mm. of words 
And the latest twist is that uh, they just recently decided to uh, release a whole bunch of of uh, previously confidential minutes, internal minutes of some of the presidential board meetings. And there's there's really a lot we could talk about, but um, but a couple of the things that jumped out at me was we all knew that there was this meeting a year ago when uh, when Illuminov. Uh, was said to have resigned. This was posted on the FIDE mm -hmm. website. And then he immediately denied it. And then basically they said, okay, well, you know, that's what we heard. Now he's denying it. So, okay, he's still the, the nominal president, but he doesn't have any powers. That had already been the case. Mm -hmm. that he, was, he had uh, reassigned all of the president's authority to, to Macropolis. But uh, now it, it turns out that this, uh, the, the actual discussion was, was really heated. There was a lot of arguing, basically, in the room, probably voices raised. You can almost see it jumping mm. off the page, the voices raised in some of this, uh, these quotes and dialogues. And there's a couple of, of really interesting things that comes out of it. One of them is that, according to Macropolis, this is all hearsay, of course, so it's a little bit hard to say, except that Illuminov was in the room and he would have an opportunity to deny it, and presumably if he did, they would, that would be in the transcript. But, uh, for example, Macropolis says that Ilya Marinjan came to him and said that Illuminov was trying to blackmail him, was basically saying that he had loaned him money, and if he didn't pay it back, he was going to take, you know, try to take control of, of Aegon, and wanted Macropolis to, go, to get on board with this scheme. Mm. And Macropolis said no. So, right away, we, uh, we have also echoes of the uh, previous election, when the big, uh, you know, swirling around scandal involving Fide and Aegon was about illusion of having actual uh, contractual percentage mm. of Aegon at the time, which uh, was one of these leaked documents that from the from the Kasparov camp. And at the same time, they they denied that, but there was this uh, signed contract. So you know, it was it was kind of uh, they never really answered the question about why there was a signed contract uh, that said that he was going to have a controlling interest in, in Aegon. But I don't know whether this story makes that seem more plausible or less, because he obviously doesn't seem to have a controlling interest now, or else he wouldn't be trying to get Macro involved in a scheme to get a controlling interest. Yeah. Utter shit show. The whole thing <laughs> is just unbelievable. And uh, I've been saying this for years, but, you know, we need, a, we need a complete upheaval of the whole thing. There was even a moment where, when I was working with Fabi, where, you know, I was thinking... Is this a time where some of the top players actually get together, band together, and break away? Not Kasparov-style PCA, but do it do it another way, because this sort of stuff. When you read these minutes, it's just it's just it's actually un unbelievable. If you read if you go and read these minutes, it's like the most defunct organization. You you can even write some of this stuff, right? It's just chaos. Every sentence is chaotic. And if you're a player, you've got your fellow players obviously getting screwed over by this too. I mean, it's not like there's, a, there's no, no one being harmed. When you have a situation where the Grand Prix cycle, according to this, yeah. again, it's hearsay, but uh, there were a lot of people in the room and uh, they don't seem to be uh, taking any issue with, with some of the statements. But it seems like the players in the Grand Prix, some of them were actually hit up for money, basically, to be able to participate, ranging from 15,000, in the case of some of the Russian players, all the way up to half a million for Ernesto Anarkiev, who had basically a connection with his uh, state uh, government that uh, could provide that kind of money. 
And it's a lot of money yeah, to play a Grand Prix, you know? It's a lot of money to, to pay when you know you're going to lose. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't mean. know what, if what any of this about? actually changed hands. It's not like we have a look at the accounts, although that would certainly be helpful <laughs> to find out. And certainly in the spirit of uh, transparency that... Uh, that World Chess is now uh, say that they're they're interested in, in moving towards with the the move of their headquarters to London, but uh, you at least have the uh, the claim that this kind of money was was requested and that would be a substantial uh, sum um, for you know for for a player to basically buy their way into a tournament. Yeah, uh, again, uh, I'm without going too deep into this because it's just not necessary either. I mean, the words speak for themselves. How this is has happened, been allowed to happen over the past few years is beyond me. If people can't see that a complete upheaval and draining the swamp, as Donald would say, is is needed, they're blind or stupid or both. How do you, I mean, I think the problem is surely these guys are putting money in. Uh, they're getting stuff done, not very well. But if uh, if you try to do it above board because I don't think everything's going on above board with these guys. But if you are trying to do it above board, who on earth is going to sponsor and put the kind of money, the millions in, to, to get a, a world championship well, match? If you look at the viewing figures compared to any other sport, well, say, you know, not their made-up figures, but the actual figures yeah. even on you know the most popular places like Chess 24, there really is just not, not enough viewing figures to get serious sponsorship at the moment, unfortunately. It seems to me, anyway. Yeah, I mean, so I, th- I, I think uh, there's just there's just so many fundamentals, aren't there, that we're in a really bad place, and I don't know how this is all gonna pan out. I really don't. This is just, you know, this election. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, obviously, there's a good chance that Illuminov doesn't win. Uh, there's all kinds of. I mean, the, you know, the FIDE bank account's been frozen in Switzerland. Well, one thing the, that, yeah, well. there's, there's that, there's that, but there's also there's this other thing that I read very recently. I think it was on the FIDE website. They said, well, with Macropolis said or somebody said, we've got 1.3 million euros in reserve. Like that was a proud statement. 1.3 million euros in reserve for the World Chess Federation. Fabiano's got more than that in his piggy bank. You know, mm. it's it, like how are we? How is that a proud statement for a, a, a mm. body of a sport to have one point three? Magnus plays poker with his mates for one point three million. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, I'm being facetious, but at, at the same time, I'm not really. Can you imagine FIFA saying, "Sorry, we've only got one point three million left in the account as reserve"? Like that's something to be proud of. They should be having tens of hundreds of millions but where in does reserve. The money come from, well, it does, well, it doesn't matter. How can you only have one and a quarter million left? I think the only reason you're going to get the only way you're going to get money is by from dubious sources and well, I think that's what's happening well, if it is or it isn't I mean the point is one, won't be a world champion 1.3 million euros in the bank account excuse me you know that's fuck all well of course it's it's all relative I mean they're, they, the reason why they're touting that is because they're looking a few years back when they had a when they had a deficit right? you know they had debts basically. I mean how can you have a deficit I mean that's, rid- that's ridiculous you know it's just insane mm. it's just insanity how can this continue how can this continue it's just not on surely people can see that surely people have to understand the world organisation only has a million three hundred thousand. It's just bonkers. I mean, I just don't understand what's going on. I just really don't. Well, what I can't see is really any uh, alternative other than 
than Macro or Illuminov winning the election, though. So it's uh, well, one of them will win because they're the only two fighting for it, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, barring some some massive revolt, but it would have to be a revolt coming from the federations, coming from the delegates. I mean, in the general assembly, um, and that's just not uh, not plausible. I mean, uh, the the players uh, are a little bit in a bind because they, I mean, there's not really a cohesive body that can exert real political influence. I mean, there's the the ACP, yeah, but uh, they are not really in a position to uh, have much influence over the, the FIDE political situation. Um, and, and, you know, you got to play chess. you got to play chess, and these are the options. They're in kind of a catch-22. They are in a bind, but they, I also have been critical of the top players for many years now. I think they could do a lot more. I think there's a certain amount of laziness. They understandably to a certain extent don't want to get involved in the politics but at the same time I think if you want better conditions better things I think you have to have a much more proactive role I think some of the top players have got that influence and I think a lot more could be done from the player side whether in collaboration with the ACP or otherwise it doesn't matter um, I think in general chess players are quite selfish people very selfish and they kind of feel quite self-entitled yeah they I do. mean not just at the top but this yeah. is a lot of people who make money from chess yeah throughout my years of knowing chess people they feel entitled and uh, they don't really they don't care about the politics no. they just want, they do want to play they also just want to play they don't care where the money comes from and they feel like they deserve yeah. the money and they, they don't care if it comes from a crook if it comes from IBM it, it, they just don't give a damn well know? that's even true going through the notes from this meeting too I mean the the presidential board members are, keep saying well, we don't care where the money comes from. We just want to get the money from Aegon. So we don't want to jeopardize our ability to get the money from Aegon. You know, they have to pay what's in the contract, but otherwise, you know, it's none of our business, kind of. Um, in fact, there's, there's even, a, there's even a one line in here where the uh, UAE representative, Al Hitmi, he says something like, well, you know, I, maybe Illuminov should get Aegon for this breach of their previous loan agreement or whatever. I mean, what, what do we care? And then everybody else is kind of like, no, 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 no. We don't want, uh, we don't want to be involved with this. Uh, you know, we don't want to be. <laughs> so at the moment, I just don't see any option. That's the other thing uh, to change this. I wouldn't want to get involved in any of this. Why on, why on earth would anybody want to get involved in any of this? Unless you are a true chess lover and really feel like you've got a chance to make severe change. I wouldn't want to. If this is just another um, project for you where you can... Do you think there's any positives for a business man or you know, a business to get involved with it? No. That's the problem, isn't it? No. I mean, you, the only people... Zero. There's no, there's no real It's positives. pure philanthropy. It's exactly. pure philanthropy. If you yeah. want to change this now, it's a case of you yeah. having to invest your own money, invest your business's money or contact money, Maybe whatever. Maybe like Rex. Somebody like Rex. He's because, not you know, doing this to get a return. He's no. doing it because he loves chess. He loves yeah. US chess. He loves St. Louis. And Maybe that will change over the years, but at the moment, well, at I, the, think, I think it's... You know, and yeah. he's done an amazing job, and everybody in Rex St. Louis, says, yeah. I know them very well. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. this is the other thing. Like, when I see these meetings, I just think, wow. And I just see these tournaments, I think, goodness, how much these guys could learn from going to St. Louis and watching how a tournament operates over there, and just the whole chess atmosphere over there. Yeah. Well, of course, they did. I mean, that was uh, last summer. That was Vega and Macropolis. They were all over there watching. Yeah, the, but okay, but... Uh, probably down the local restaurant. They yeah, were, how much are they honestly yeah. taking in and trying to improve? And I just think they set the bar so high in St. Louis about how to present a tournament, the prize money that is really decent. Well, I mean, I remember thinking at the time that at least 
opens the door, lays the groundwork for potentially trying to negotiate something uh, to move the match. But for that to happen, either one of two things would have to happen. Either Aegon would have to be involved and go along with it. Mm. And I don't know, you know what kind of a clash you could be setting up uh, in terms of who is in charge for the match in St. Louis if it were to occur there. You know, that could be potentially... Uh, That's a huge a lot of problem anyway. ...butting yeah. of heads. But the other option would be that they relinquish their rights to this match in some way so that St. Louis runs the yeah. show, but Aegon gets paid something paid. or yeah. gets to settle their whatever outstanding debts they have. Which I think they'd take, by the way. I don't know, yeah. but my hunch is that if Rex would suddenly come in with a huge offer yeah. for a huge prize fund and Aegon would get 20%, then hmm. they'd take it. Well, and the, and the third option is that uh, Fide actually dissolves the contract, which these minutes make clear they have multiple grounds for doing so basically yeah. at any time. Yeah. Now, there is some concern raised about whether or not that would open themselves up to some kind of a legal challenge, mm. and they don't want to get involved in another legal mm. morass. They don't necessarily have a great track record with yeah. uh, litigation. And they also only have a quid in the bank, so that might, <laughs> oh. that might be a problem. So there's, and, we, and we know that... I'll tell you what, they're gonna, they're gonna, they might even hit you guys up here, hit Simon up, because they might, you know, might say, Simon, look, we know you your, your London system's been selling well, mate. Can we work out some sort of agreement? Can, can, we, can yeah. we play the World Championship yeah. match at your house? Yeah, yeah. In your garden? Yeah, we'll you take know, some of your London uh, DVD yeah. commission if that's all right. The deal. Prop up our oh. costs, yeah. Well, but just, just for the sake of argument, if they did try to dissolve the contract, then at least that would eliminate the... Uh, this other variable about you know then St. Louis doesn't have to to go and 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 cut a deal to move the match. Well, look, I mean, I I actually think if I think that the, if St. Louis holds a match, it'll be the best match ever by miles. I totally agree. There's any way to make that. Possible, it would have the entire fantastic. U.S. media. They have the connects. They have the PR machine over there. They could get insane coverage. They'd have the best um, commentary team. Obviously, all the guys over there. Do you there. think Magnus would be happy for that? Yeah. I mean, do you think so? Yeah. He yeah, loves it out okay. there. He goes out there all the time. He'd be treated like a king out there. Mm-hmm. Um, for Fabi... It'd be great for chess in general. It'd be great for chess. For Fabi, I think it's actually a, a huge disadvantage being out there because he lives there and the expectation, and I already, I'm already, i not going to reveal it here, but Rustam, I and Fabi, we had a chat about... I gave him some ideas as well about how I think he could cope with that because... Uh, as we know from history, being on home turf when you're a chess player is a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. You just get, you know, look at Vichy in India and 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 you know and so on and so forth. But I think there are ways to deal with that. But I think in t- if he if he could overcome those obstacles, it would be an amazing match, biggest prize fund ever, probably. Um, well, how how much money would it be worth to put him at that disadvantage vis-a-vis London? Look. I any well I think yeah I think any any anything. but do you think Fabi I mean, would he double it if it's a million well, mate, it, of course it. he's going to accept if he doubles it but do, of do you think, he is. but do you think Fabi I mean do you think he should do it anyway for what the influence it will have on American chess I think so if he's going mean, to no, don't forget about him man. he's got enough money for the effect the longevity effect I, I, I on, think on so American I think chess. anyway it will present many anyway, more opportunities it'll be tougher for him but for for, for I, American chess I think amazing, if the opportunity comes out he's got to take it I think he's got to take it I don't know 
whether it's going to happen. Nobody really knows. Yeah. It's so complicated. It shouldn't be this complicated. That's just a, it. It should just be so much more simple. The money should already be there. It, at this stage, it should be a case of like, how are we going to finesse certain things? But we, we we don't even have money for it. Yeah, there's just no money. There's no guaranteed prize fund. There are no contracts. It's just, and, and you know, I spoke to Ilya as well. Um, it's been this way for years. But I, I spoke it's to normal. Ilya after the candidates. I spoke frankly with him, uh, and we, and Judith was there as well about what we felt really needs to be improved. And um, you know, I don't think Ilya's any big fan of mine. If I'm totally honest, I actually think he's got in some incredibly good ideas that he outlined in our chat but I was straight up with him and I said if you don't have the basics right then we're just going to get nowhere so it's doubtful you'll be commentating well I, I just don't think yeah. I just don't think well I mean I, even if they offered it to me tomorrow unless there was proof that things like the website worked <laughs> okay yeah. things like uh, you know the commercial aspect of their entire proposition is is on point and, and so on and so forth if it all worked then I'd agree but at the end of the day, you know, I got I, I was getting a lot of personal flag. People not understanding that I was just there hired as an independent commentator. I had nothing to do with the organisation of the event at all. When I'm getting personal messages saying, well, I can't pay to watch the show, I'm like, well, send an email to this guy because there's think, nothing to do, do with Do you think me. there's an argument to be said that... Um People should pay for commentary yes. to watch it. You, you, I mean, just I'm as a basic yes, thing. I mean, like, like if there's a big boxing yes, match on, yes, or if there was yes. a football one, match. One or, thing that I hate you know, about the chess world is all, chess players expect everything for free all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're going to put on a top notch commentary with decent commentators. And what about your commentary? Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. Let's say, for <laughs> yeah, argument's <okay>. sake, <laughs> yep, that sure. I'm in that. Yep. Okay. Um, absolutely, people should be paying for the right to watch that commentary. Yeah. I've never understood this concept that it should always be free. No, you should be... But how, how are you going to change people's... Because the, the opinion now, because people are used to getting yeah. such good commentary yeah. for free. It's a I mean, with various sites doing it. I mean, and people now can do it at Twitch, the yeah. chess bars. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, how would I, you... I, I, I don't know if that would ever be possible, basically. I mean, I'm not sure if it's... Um, I, I mean, I think it is. I, I mean, look, I, I actually think that Aegon's attempts not to... Obviously, the way they went about it, but the 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 the, the notion of of commercialization of chess tournaments has to be positive because every other sport, every other major sport, you have to you have to pay from the boxing to the football to the tennis. If you want to watch these games, you have to have a sub subscription to uh, packages on Sky Television or some kind of you know some other mm. subscription. Well, it certainly help out with some of the money problems if they. Well, that's could, one part of their model. Well, that's one part of their model. If they had, if they've got the figures to watch yeah. it, then of course that's a huge part of their model. Well, okay, maybe, but I mean, they're going back to square one here, yeah. though. I mean, if that's that's a part of their model, but the commentary was actually quite good. Yes, I mean, I, the, I I could see paying for this commentary with with Judah from the candidates, but the trouble was you couldn't. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point. So I go back to square they one. They wouldn't take your money. Exactly. Yeah. If you in don't some, have the basics, but yeah. look, they're they're under no, they're not in denial. They admit there was a huge fuck up there. They admit that you know so many things have to change. But as I say, I agree with Ilya on many points, especially from the commercial aspect. But you've got to get the basics right. Until that happens, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, sit on the fence because I just can't keep on getting this barrage of messages saying I can't watch you, I can't see you, I can't pay, it won't accept my card. 
blah, 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 blah. I'm like, why am I having to deal with this? You know, I have my students messaging me saying we can't pay. And their whole premise is paying to watch, right? So it's just very frustrating. Right. Well, at least I think we can we can say definitively that that, that cannot have been a realistic uh, plan for a major contribution to the to the financing of the event as a line item. I mean, that was that was not a, a, a viable revenue stream uh, for I, this. No, for this but time. I mean, the other ideas that they have for revenue streams, you know, you could see it if you went to Berlin, you, you had this VIP lounge, corporate packages, you know, all of this kind of stuff exists. It, you know, if you look at the world of football, corporate packages must make up a tremendous amount of their revenue stream. You know, get companies in for the day. They pay a fortune. Uh, they have a good day out. You know, it's company uh, bonding, you know, within the company. Um, so they did that stuff. well. And they did that they well did, and they too. Yeah, they did that well. And the VIP stuff, if you went to VIP, room was good and it was a nice atmosphere and they had the bar. And there are all of these other things that are so fantastic and ideas that have not been really done properly before. But we go back to the same point. If you don't have the basics in place, all the rest of it, all the other details are irrelevant. And that's my stance on it, simply. The wine's making me run, you know? The wine's nearly gone. So mm. uh, it went down very well. It did actually. It was not yeah, bad wine. This was yeah, a bit uh, bad. bare bad. feet. That was the the silliest uh, label I could find. <laughs> a bit, a bit it's acidic. Actually, it's actually uh, quite popular in England. Is that right? Yeah, you get it a lot in England. It's Californian. Californian, yeah. yeah. Pretty sure I've had it before, but it's all right. That's the job. And I like <laughs> the way Lawrence is already checking his Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, well, I've already do done done a fortune today, so there you go. Did you get Fabi into the Bitcoin? He's actually quite on it. Uh, he hasn't invested yet because uh, Hikaru invests a lot, doesn't he? By the sound, yeah. But I don't think he does Bitcoin. I think he has more. more well, we need to. Market. You need to give me a lesson in it after this, yeah. I will. So. We're going to go down the pub after this. We're going to have so. a bite to eat, and I'll tell you about yeah. it. Basically, <laughs> Macaulay said this. I even got Macaulay into it. To be honest, um, it started off well, didn't it? You could, we could have taken some profits. You probably did actually. I'm doing all right. Yeah, you're doing fine. <laughs> Um, no, but uh, that that's a story for another day. But um, yep. nothing to do with you. Actually, it's funny. So I will leave. Maybe we might even end this on, on this note. So I was having a dream the other day that if I got mega super loaded for, from Bitcoin, I was going to do the first ever Bitcoin Open, right? So I'd sponsor the tournament via my Bitcoin winnings, right? So let's say... For argument's sake, I've got a spare hundred grand, you know, as you do, right? And I'm going to put together an open, but it's going to be an open with a twist. It's going to be called the Bitcoin Open for old grumpy gits. And the way it's going to work is I'm so fed up of seeing these kids full of enthusiasm, energy and youth and all of that, that in order to qualify to play for the Open, you have to demonstrably show that you've been screwed over in your life, either from an economic perspective, romantic perspective. So if you're divorced, you immediately qualify to play for the Open. If you've lost your house through a divorce what or whatever. you're a kid, you've lost your parents. No, doesn't count. They've lost their parents. Doesn't matter. Poor, you have to be over Oliver, 30. Oliver, the poor orphan. I know. You have to be over 30 as well to play the Open. You have to be basically uh, somebody who's miserable and, you know, in you, you, you hate some inner sort of hatred for something. And, you know, it's going to be an Open full of people. Miserable who, gits. Miserable gits. Yeah, the miserable gits Open. I'll be Danny Gormali. 
You have to. Well, Danny qualifies. Don't. Danny is Danny. Well, I think we. I know. I know. I qualify. So I qualifies. Um, Keith will be there. Mark, Mark will, be will be there. there. Yeah, there'll be, be a lot of Most of the English gang will be there. But if you're like yeah. Pragananda. You you you're don't out. you're not no, you're out, no, mate. No like if you're this Vincent Kmar, forget it. Cheerio, yeah, son. No way, yeah. no way you can if, get in. If your name has ever been mentioned in the same sentence as the word prodigy, yeah, <laughs> you're out. If, if you've never paid yeah. one cent of tax in your life, you're immediately oh, disqualified, right? Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> so it's going to be if for you, maybe. If you've never had a bet in your life, you're disqualified. You should have. Be, you should be. You know. You know to well, get some it. people aren't gamblers, but I mean, you, you've got to be. You've got to have had a, a miserable phase in your life. Like okay. not these kids who are just fantastically good players who just come. Vincent came out eight out of nine. Do me a favour. What? Come on, what Beast is that? Beast in the last round. Beast rapport in the last round with Black. I mean, come on, do me a favour for a fifteen large check and then the entry to next year I mean no so that's my proposal guys the Bitcoin open you in? Oh, I'm definitely in you in? I'm definitely in can't be in I'm yeah, in there, now <laughs> unfortunately then you woke up then I woke up and realised oh I've lost another know, I've lost. Brand. <laughs> nah um, one day it's going to one day it's going to happen in fact today for all of you f- freaks who are listening we've had the biggest move ever recorded in bitcoin history since its inception 15 percent move um biggest trading volume of all time and either that's a good thing or it's a bad thing a short term it was a bad thing for me but it might be a good thing it might be me and we're back on the route back on the route to 100k well by the time this comes out we'll probably know one way or the other <laughs> well if bitcoin hits 100k let's just say there will be a bitcoin open okay <laughs> there will be there will be a bitcoin open and you guys will, even you can play macaulay you know you've had your ups and downs in life you haven't had it you know smooth sailing i don't know i grumpy though Yay! Grumpy kid. Yay! You like you've had kids and stuff, so you qualify. Yeah, you're, bound, you're bound to be grumpy with kids. Yeah, you've had kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyone who has a couple of kids must qualify just in the yeah. basic of sleepless nights. Okay. And that's yeah, actually, yeah. by the way, up at six a.m. or five a.m. Yeah. No, no. And, uh, by the way, that, that's what I wanted to say. Is that just one little caveat? Is um, the ranking system is not going to be on Elo. It's going to be on who's <laughs> been the most slaughtered in his life. So, like... Number one. No, like, Boggy is going to be number one or something. Yeah, or, or slaughtered in what way? Well, just uh, destroyed and very... Destroyed financially, destroyed emotionally, destroyed psychologically. It's like, so who's, who's going to be the judge? Who's going to... I'm going to be judging them. They're, they're all, you're all going to come in and <laughs> audition in front of me. You're all going to come in and you're going to give me your life story and I'm going to rank you based on that. I'm going to give you a basic, like... <laughs> A grumpy gets elo right so you're only doing this tournament so you can hear other people's <laughs> basically so you can listen and feel better yeah. about yourself yeah. you can hear someone who a worse life than you and you'd be like there's another one give me a note give him the gm title over there <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> anyway you know this reminds me something that, that fabiano said uh, at the end of grand case said that that uh, he was trying to get his rating up to 28 19 because it was a prime number yeah and there was some reference to valerie Sal- yeah i've read all of the stuff what is the uh, it's just too deal. insane it, honestly we could do a whole podcast on it it's just too insane the Jewish conspiracy and Kabbalah and blah 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 and Fabi reads his post and laugh I remember when I was working with Fabi we were reading his post you know that you know Fabi's got a certain rating and it's because of this day in the Talmudic calendar and it's just complete is he Jewish or who Salov Fabi yeah. no Salov's 
Salafs, what we call the opposite of Jewish. No, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, no, uh, so you know, it's just it's so it's so incredible that you just have to check it out with your own eyes. And he writes a lot of his posts in Russian. And I showed my missus, who's a Russian speaker, and mm. she was just, she just said, "What?" Boggy, Boggy get involved? Oh, Boggy's well. all on it. They, him and Boggy are the best Boggy friends. Boggy and Lalich, if anyone wondering who we're talking about. Yeah, complete and utter fucking lunatic. Yeah, I mean, this is this is so. lunacy of a level that I've never seen. So, um, Fabi was trying to troll Salov by getting his rating to, to a, a special, certain number special. so that he, he couldn't put together some, oh, he's rated 28.74 now because it's in line with this date in the calendar and this is where they sacrifice the children you to always, feed. You can always find you know. some evidence that any anything, can't you, if you really search for it? No, no, but he, his, his, yeah. no, if you've never seen it, Simon, his elaborate... Yeah. Uh, so if you minus and plus and times it by two, yeah, and it's on it this day, and this is where in this year in you know one thousand oh, years ago Christ. the rabbi sacrificed the goat to, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just it's just unbelievable, yeah? yeah. And what's the real shame about Salov is he was an exceptional player, and for many people in the nineties, in the mid nineties. Uh, there was a certain moment where people actually thought he was stronger than both Karpov and Kasparov. This is how good the guy was, and he was number he, three. He, he was number three he in the lives world. In Canada. No, no, he lives in Madrid. Madrid. Near Madrid. And and, uh, does he have kids? I don't know. I don't know his okay. personal situation. But, you know, he was okay. a phenomenal player. And, of right. course, he attributes the decline of his career to Karpov and Kasparov, who basically, you know, he said, you know, and that's perhaps where his anti-Jew, uh, anti-Semitic so hatred like, kind of came. He's kind of done a fisher in some ways. And it's really sad. And when they asked him, have you quit chess? He said, I haven't quit chess. I just don't get any invitations anymore. The last tournament I, was I, in. I wonder why that is. Yeah, he's gone completely bananas. And unfortunately, you know, it's Doesn't just... It, it comes back to the expression, like, I think it was um, uh, English International Master. He said that chess, can't remember his name, chess doesn't make you go mad, but chess keeps mad people sane. Is that the one? I mean, I just something like that, it, you know, yeah. Something along those lines. And um, there's a lot of strange chess players who nah, have lost I mean, it like that. But. There's, there's just... Uh, it just sounds like mental illness. Yeah, of course it is, and it's it's just so so bright and so, you know, when I speak to people, he was so bright and he was so affable, you know, just twenty years ago, and he was so nice, and the decline is How real. You twenty years ago. Well, I spoke to people. Well, okay. I I, 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 I didn't speak to him. Yeah. I've never met him, but I spoke to people yeah. who've been around twenty years ago, and they just said one of the nicest guys. And yeah, I think this kind of uh, incident with Kasparov affected him. So would he be invited to your opening? Because he's obviously gone for oh, a Oh, no, the thing is, I don't... I think I might put a ban on racists because just... Okay. You know, especially anti-Semites, probably not welcome at my open. Um, sounds like a good cause to have in there. Yeah, might might be a clause. Like, well, they, could you have a side tournament just with What races? I could do is, for the entry form... No, I'll tell you what, have yeah. him and Boggy Lalich yeah, fight yeah. it out yeah. to see... Yeah, have, yeah. Let them have a 20-game match. Um, the anti-Semitic <laughs> open we could do, yeah. Um, we'll make it a closed tournament. Don't make it open. You're yeah, right. yeah. You have to, yeah. Well, we've run out of wine now. I yeah. think we're going to have to call... down to the pub. Let's yeah. go down to the so, pub. Thanks very much, Macaulay. This was this was yep. very nice. Well, Thank thanks you. to you guys, and thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope we can do this again sometime. Yeah, and by Simon's collie and Torre and... Uh, anything. Anything done anything. by Simon. And Lawrence's Albin counter gambit. Will be coming out yeah, soon. Yeah, buy it in in like don't just buy one, right? Buy ten, buy in batches. Some for your friends, for, for your friends, family. for your mother, yeah, for whatever. Because there's nothing better than sacrificing a pawn on move two when it's sound. Okay. 
Sounds good. I've actually played it, and um, it's a good opening. I'm going to buy that DVD. Are you? I'll buy one. I will. Do. I think you're going to get it for free. Ah, I think you'll weasel ah, it. Ah, yeah, I'll probably weasel it. Yeah, you're right. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. You want to get in touch with us? Cheers, mate. Want to sponsor the show? You can yeah. pay in any fiat currency. You can pay in Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> but you, you, we, I mean, we haven't done this for a while, and Macaulay does obviously spend most of the time editing and stuff. And I think we are. We should say we are looking for a sponsor, and you know, yeah. any, any support possible would would help. Would yeah. it? It really would. Yeah. To, to if you own a in. large amount of money and enjoy this chat. Send us some. I think we've got a ride to, uh, to St. Louis, to Rex yep. St. I'm thinking Aegon. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're ha- we'll be happy to move the full English breakfast to uh, St. Louis. Yeah, we'll Louis. call it oh, the full, the f- yeah. Yeah. The full English breakfast. change the name. Yeah, knowing Rex is... You can do an American accent. Yeah, so. yeah, really, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if you, if you do like it and you want to help support so we can do this more often... Yeah, if you're, if you're a chess company and you want to uh, have uh, your your product or your tournament put in front of our huge very audience. small audience <laughs> <laughs> it used to be a lot larger that's what she said um, yeah uh, please do alright guys cool thanks thanks <laughs> <laughs>